Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I'll be chatting with Cynthia Wall, and we'll be discussing what she has learned by having post-concussion syndrome. Hello, I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Drive Global, and the Good Men Project, and I'm author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, along with the Concussion Discussion Series. All of those are available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at Amy Zellmer. I also invite you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Cynthia Wall, and Cynthia is a skilled psychotherapist and social worker for 45 years and is a survivor of several car accidents over 55 years, causing whiplash and more severe brain injuries. In 2006, a surprise brain surgery at Stanford caused her to experience losses in her professional and personal realms, and she wants to help others to do better than merely cope with the effects of such trauma. She is also the author of The Courage to Trust. Welcome to the podcast, Cynthia. So happy to have you here. Thank you, Amy. And I so wish I had a podcast like this when I was going through the hell that is um, the confusion after brain injury. So thank you for what you're doing for so many. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for being here. Um, So, Cynthia, let's just start by diving in. It sounds like you've had several brain injuries. Um, So let's just kind of jump in tell us a little bit about how they happened. Well, my first concussion was with a relatively mild accident, but Mm -hmm. it was my brain really had the jelly in the jar um, Mm -hmm. so that it left me with a lot of physical problems. The thing that I learned with that one, without it being diagnosed, the concussion was not diagnosed, but I wasn't holding the adjustments. I had a brilliant, loving chiropractor who practiced science of mind, treated my whole self, and, but I was just a mess. And I had this memory as I was preparing for today, I was thinking, remembering, laying on the floor in the living room because I had to move back with my parents because I wasn't very functional after the accident, and my mother said, you know, Cynthia, what's the matter with you? And with a loving voice, like, and I said, right. I had an accident. I had an accident, remember? And she said, that was two months ago. And it was like the shame then of like, oh, I should be doing better. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And the physical part of it 
was pretty traumatic in that I went from being kind of the strongest person in any room, you don't want me to move your refrigerator, to not being able to pick up a sack of groceries. And I also now recognize how much my brain chemistry wasn't helping my body heal. So that was, that determined my, actually the gift from that one was that I decided to go to graduate school and study medical social work because I was intrigued with the mind-body. So that was a gift. And then I found yoga and it cured my body. And I think my brain, when I go back and I look at it, I've really been doing a lot of thought and listening to your wonderful podcast. And I really could tell that I think the yoga, the meditation, the breathing, all of those things that um, Dr. Hennis was recommending at your last podcast um, really helped to heal my brain as well. It moved me along. And then I kind of moved along. I had every time I would have a minor bump on my head, you know, a door hitting me or a cabinet. We all done that a lot. Um, I it would the effects would last longer than I knew. And again, I still hadn't understood about concussions. And it wasn't until 1982 when I had a major rollover a car accident. It was one of those, you know, I looked up and I was airborne rolling and rolling and rolling down a hill. I stepped out of the car amazingly with not that much physical. And yet here again, I wasn't holding my adjustments. My chiropractor was saying, what's wrong? I was starting to get angry and upset. And I listened to a, po- to a, it was a podcast, I was listening to a radio discussion of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's one night driving home. And I listened to it, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, I've got Parkinson's. Because I had every sin- <laughs> syndrome right. and symptom that they were talking about. And my boss, at my, I, was, I was the program manager of a mental health agency by this point, and my boss said, Cynthia, something's wrong. And my licensed clinical social worker therapist said to me, didn't you bump your head? And I went, no, I just was a rollover. And she said, didn't you bump your head? Go see a neurologist. And that was in 1982, the first time I learned all about traumatic brain injury and post-concussion syndrome and how it affects every single system in the body. So often people are going to heal their bodies with chiropractors or doctors um, and they're frustrated because you don't get better because the brain isn't producing the right chemistry, not the right balance. Mm-hmm. So that's when I became a dedicated post-concussion survivor. Um, and, and those are the two big ones. And I, from that point on, I probably diagnosed more concussions than most ER doctors ever do in their practice. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I just want to comment that 1982, like, that was pretty progressive that she even thought of that. Because, um, I mean, we've come a long way since 82. And so I commend her for even, you know, coming up with that at that time. That's very remarkable. Well, it was it was a key. He was a lovely gay man, and I wish he were still in practice somewhere because he was so tender and sweet. You know, he was just like, oh, dear, I know what's going on because he did this amazing thing, and nobody has ever done this for me before, and I wish I would have saved a copy. He had it was a five-page questionnaire, very tightly spaced. I had to answer yes, no on every single system, my muscular skeletal, memory, sleep, my poop, my... Um, my emotions, I went through and I looked at it, and I remember 
because I'm not an angry person. I mean, I'm a therapist. I'm a social worker. I was irritable. I was upset. I was putting deodorant under one arm and not the other. I was forgetting to, I was still menstruating at the time. I was forgetting to take care of myself. I was a mess. And I was angry, which was a sign. And when I went in, I remember mailing the the uh, five-page questionnaire to him thinking, well, he's probably not even going to read it. And I showed up. It was covered in red. And here's something he said to me that was really, I have stuck with. He said, every single system in your body has been affected by this accident, by your concussion. And he explained to me that the serotonin that is produced with a lower brainstem was, it was still being produced, but it was swollen and it couldn't be exited into my brain. So my neuroreceptors were not receiving enough. And he, he then recommended an old-fashioned direct produce serotonin. And I'm going to mention it not as a suggestion, but it's something to pe- for people to talk about with their doctors and neurologists. It's called Elevil or amitriptyline. It was a very old-fashioned drug that was invented in 1950 when they were looking for an antihistamine. So I took it to heart, and I, the first night I took a tiny dose of it, I slept, and I hadn't been sleeping. And by the time I got up to a therapeutic dose, my memory was better. I was starting to hold adjustments from my chiropractor. My mood was better. Um, you know, it, it was because you were sleeping, almost like magic. right? Oh, right, not sleeping. Oh, my God, not sleeping, hurting all the time, being embarrassed because I was screwing up, forgetting appointments. So as I mentioned, I was the program manager for, for a county mental health system here in my little area of um, Northern California. And when I went back, I had to take some time off. My boss said I needed time off. Every, all these lovely men were telling me, you're sick. You've got a problem. You go get help. And I was like going, oh, I'm okay. Denial was a big part of this, and I think it is for all of us too. We're hiding it. We're hiding our symptoms. We're embarrassed. And I feel so much shame to going back to my mom. What's the matter with you, Cynthia? That was two months ago. You know, it had been six months. I should be better. And so the, the gift, of healing was having people look at me and say, you're not making this up. Something is wrong. It's in your body. Your mind Mm -hmm. has been affected, and it's going to affect every single system. And I have held on to that, and that's one of the gifts that I give to my clients. And I often say to doctors, would you please do an assessment? Would you please recommend something that might help them? And they missed it. So that was a huge gift. Um, and I just didn't want to mention the last one because it was odd. I had, I went in for a CAT scan because I kept, for my sinuses, because I kept getting really bad colds. And uh, they discovered as I had tumors in my brain, no signs, no symptoms. They're called meningiomas. Wow. They are usually not cancer. But they were pretty big. And I had, went to Stanford five and a half hours of creme de la creme. You know, the state of the art, I had the head of neuro, neurosurgery at Stanford who did a brilliant brain surgery, but it was a long and, quote, interesting, unquote, brain surgery, they said. <laughs> and I came out of that. And what year and they was were this? like, yay, in 2006. Okay. And the significant part of this that relates to your population is, they don't think of surgery on the brain as a brain injury, uh-huh. but of course it is. I I think they're getting better, and I'm glad you bring this up because um, 
I do think they're getting better, <laughs> um, but not everyone is told um, whether, you know, it's a brain tumor or, you know, a neurosurgeon recently told me anytime you have to open the skull and expose the brain to air, you're going to have a brain injury. And oh, thank you. <laughs> and I have met so many people who had a brain tumor removed and all of a sudden had all these symptoms, right? And doctors kind of like, oh. Um, <laughs> so I do think it's getting better, but anyone listening who has any has had any sort of um, brain surgery for any reason, um, yeah, you're not crazy. <laughs> it, it, it's I can't remember. There was a cute little rhymy saying she had something like, once the brain hits air, it don't care or something like that. <laughs> um, but it was great, whatever it was. It was like, oh, that's a good, like, you know, reminder. Um, but, yeah, the brain does not, it is not meant to ever be exposed to air. Um, so, yeah. Well, the, po- the post-surgical care that I got, that was non-existent, and um, and I and I was and I think that this is the crossover, you know, looking at the Venn diagram of the body and the mind, and how brain injury of any kind can affect the mood. Like I said, my memory was just terrible, but my mood was not good. And when I I kept saying. This feels like after my con- after my brain surgery, I said I feel like I have a post concussion syndrome, and so I went for my follow up to this very caring team of people, the nurse practitioners as well as my surgeon, um, and the assistants. I mean, they really were all interested in me. They were everybody was celebrating that they got most of the tumor and that right. would be fine, and and all of that was great. And I kept saying I feel like I have post concussion. My memory is bad. My mood isn't good. I'm, you know, I'm, I, f- I don't feel like my body isn't coordinated um, back to Parkinson's, right? And, um, <laughs> and he said, he said, well, we didn't do any damage to your brain because the meningiomas right. aren't attached to the brain. And I thought, he, ha- they had to get down through my brain down to a second mm-hmm. tumor. Leave it to me to have mm-hmm. two. I know that I know that I suffered massive bruising and whatever. So I want to say that it was, when did Jill um, Bolton do her lovely TED Talk and write oh. her, my stroke of insight? Because yeah. I read her yeah. book. I saw her, I saw her TED Talk. I started sobbing because I went, oh, my God, because her, her annu- well, there were aneurysms and they were different, but her brain injury was in the exact same place or close to where I had my major tumor removed. And she talked about the lack of empathy, the lack of compassion, how she is a very, the, her natural state is not to be an angry and kind person. And I went, oh, my God, that's what was happening to me. So the part that I think I really want to say is that where I and the people like me, therapists, can benefit the most, and I hope some therapists are listening is that people get referred to us because of post-traumatic stress and, you know, PS, PTSD. They get referred to us because of anxiety. They get referred to us because we've had a, um, you know, an upsetting experience and, people, and they don't ask, have you had a trauma? Have you had a car accident? 
have you ever had one? Um, mm-hmm. I want to refer to Dr. Hennis's and your really brilliant interview, I think, with him, the one that was I just heard again, I heard last night, because um, he talked about why don't we heal from it or how can we keep getting it again? So I think, you know, a fairly minor bump on the head or a fall or a um, even a shocking incident can bring back the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And that we, right. and, and by identifying it, so when I went through what I was going through, I kept saying there's something wrong, and they said, well, we can refer you to the neuropsych, and they can test you. It was going to be $1,500. I wasn't on Medi-Cal, Medicare at that point. And, I, you know, I just couldn't afford it because I'd been out of work. I had all the troubles that I'd had. And one of the things that was really significant was I was a, I was a bitch, <laughs> you know. I was miserable. Right, right. I was unhappy. And I lost two of the very closest friends that I think I'd almost ever had because of this. And I didn't know what was wrong. And because they basically said, we can't deal with you anymore. You're so critical. And I had no idea. None. Yeah. And so I saw a psychiatrist, and he said to me, you've been put on the wrong medications. He said, you exactly the wrong direction. He said, I know why they did it. I know why they were treating you with what they were treating you with, but it was not right. And he took me off of it, and he put me on, instead of Elevel, he put me on mood stabilizers. Very mild. He said, these are the ones I put my teenagers on, (laughs) you know. And suddenly I was able to sleep again. Suddenly I kind of had my memory again. Suddenly I was back. And so I want to say medications can be super helpful, but they've got to be right. Because the ones that worked for me in my accident didn't work for me after my surgery. Mm -hmm. And monitor, exactly. Because so many, I, I hear so many people getting put on, um, SRIs, right? And then, mm-hmm. okay, come see me again in a year. It's like, no, no, no. You right. need to be monitoring this to make sure you have the right dose. Like, and I want to go back again, you know, talking about your brain surgery and how they were so happy for you. They got it all. You're good. Go home. Yay. Um, and that happens a lot with brain, like traditional brain injury as well. Folks are in the hospital, whether they've had a stroke or a major accident or something happened, and they're sent home after, let's say, six, eight weeks. And the family's like, oh, well, now what? And they're like, oh, nothing. He's good. You get to bring him home. And it's like, you know, going back to what I said on my podcast with Dr. Hannes, you know, like, they're not getting the right treatment and that can be so detrimental for anyone's recovery um you know and and we've been led to blindly trust our doctors that's how we've been raised and i know that's changing and shifting that you know now we question our doctors but there's still this you know level of trust with your doctor the doctor says i'm fine so i must be fine And then, like, in your case, right, like, your mood, you were being critical and, like, your friends could see it, but you couldn't see it. And, you know, just things like that and, you know, lots of anger. That's I know that's a common symptom with TBI, too. And just, you know, you're continually told by the doctor that you're fine, but you're not. And it's such a... Um, What's the word? You know, like, it's two butting heads. Like, well... It's conflicting information. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it's like how how do we combat that? How do we get the healthcare system to at least acknowledge that there's individuals out there who can help us, right? Well, I want to say, you know, as kind of a shout out to um, the power of therapy because there's. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm you a, say therapy, hmm? you're referring to. Yep, exactly. Thank you. Psychotherapy because the a good psychotherapist, and I, I want to say that the, whether it's an MFT or an MSW or PhD or an MD or whoever is doing mm-hmm. it, um, I think we're more attuned to mind and and the doctors think they've got the body nailed, but we can't divide them, of course. And right. so, I mean, I was having such a full-on full body experience with all of this, and I was just, you know, I'm going to, by God, beat this. I'm going to walk five miles a day. I'm going back to the gym. I got a personal trainer. And so all of that, that you know, pushing forward. Now, every single one of those things is helpful. But when I realized what was really going on, when I got these, you know, I, I know I love you and you've been amazing in my life, but I can't deal with you anymore. Goodbye. Communications mm-hmm. from these two friends. Right. I mean, like it was, I all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, what have I done? And I went to all of my it's friends. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It is. And I went to all of my friends with my hat in my hand and on my knees and saying, if I've done that to them, I must have done this to you. And every single one of them, bless their soul, said, you've been more critical. Uh, I was feeling a little unsafe. You know, you were quick to judge. And I, as you said, you know, really well, I was blind to it. But the minute I woke up from that and I said to them, you please tell me, it really improved my relationships. It was a gift in that it improved my relationships. And I I write a lot. I've got um, an account on Substack called Unsolicited Advice. And I want unsolicited advice. I want people to come up to me and say, Cynthia, can I tell you that the last session you were a little harsh or what was going on? Um, the recycling back to the humility, I think, that we who have been injured can experience, and then the compassion and empathy that grows from that. And I think that's why you said that I loved what you said. Um, in some, I've listened to several of your podcasts, and they're all wonderful and so different. They're all just they bring, you know, a different energy and a different perspective. And it, and what you bring to it is the thread that you keep bringing back is there is something wrong with you, but don't be ashamed of it. Get help, and get mm-hmm. the kind of help that's right for you. Chiropractic is brilliant, and. I'm working with a naturopath now, and I'm really trying hard to keep being my better self. But my mind and my brain are so key to this. And and the the elements that I think there can I make a book recommendation? Is sure. that all right? Okay. Yeah. There's a book. I don't have the author, but it's called Habits for a Happy Brain. And the shout out I want to give to it is that she talks about. It's a dose, right? Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And those are the magic happy brain chemistries. Serotonin is famously diminished when we have a traumatic brain injury, particularly post-concussion. But all of those are affected, all four of those, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And 
the book that um, this lovely woman whose name has escaped me, there we have it again, um, <laughs> what she says is there is, you can take medications and that's all very good. For each one of those, there is something. But we can have habits. We can have the things that you often talk about. How do we get the exercise in? I know that you are doing yoga and maybe yoga specifically for brain, brain health. And that, and I'd like to hear more about that really right now. Because, you know, what can we do habitually without taking a pill, without changing our entire life, without relying on doctors um, in order to improve our own well-being and our brain health? And I was curious about what your experience is with that. Uh, with with exercise? yoga, you do you, with yoga, with ex- yeah. yoga. Don't you do a yoga class? I'm curious about what mm-hmm. your experience has been. Yeah, um, I mean, yoga is what I turn to when doctors tell me there was nothing they can do. Um, so I knew just intuitively that yoga could help me, um, and it did greatly. Um, and so I, I specifically work with TBI survivors. Um, we do online yoga. Um, and we, we stay in a chair if you want, you know, because people, people have this limiting belief around yoga, like, oh, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga. And it's like, well, that's, that's not the point of yoga. Um, and it's all about mindfulness and breath work and, and bringing your attention inward and, um, Yes, there's stretching and and strengthening that also occurs, but, um, and you can't just try yoga once and say, ah, it didn't work, right? Just like you can't take (laughs) a single pill and go, oh, it didn't work. You have to give it a real try for, you know, four weeks. Um, And just to see the the changes in some of my students are just, it's, it's so inspiring. Well, I want to share that, you know, I just remember, I just had a memory where after my accident in 73, I went back to graduate school and um, MSW at UC Berkeley and specializing in medical social worker and mental health, both medical and mental. And I uh, I went to a yoga class there and they go around in a circle and the first question is like, okay, how are you feeling about this? And I, because my body, I mean, I was like, I could reach down to pick something off the floor and I would be incapacitated because my back was not holding, you know, because of the concussion, my back wasn't holding Mm -hmm. adjustments and I was really fragile even though I was trying. And I said to her in the class, this is the first yoga, the only one I attended with her, we were in a circle and she said, anybody have something to say? And I said, well, I've been in a car accident just a year ago and I'm really afraid that I might hurt myself. And she just said to me, you need to get over that. And then went on to the next person, and I felt I felt oh. dope slapped, and I felt yeah. ashamed, and um, I didn't go back to the class. And then a year later, my roommate hurt herself, and she said, "We're going to yoga." And I went, "No way!" And she said, "No." And I, and this lovely man who had been trained by Mr. Iyengar himself, he was like astounding. That you know, it's one of those angels that just entered my life, and I. I said, I'm afraid of hurting myself. And he said, how? And whatever. And he said, okay, please come with me. And he put me in this little area and had me do this gentle neck exercise where I just was, and he held my head gently so I could lift my head. He said, you just need to build your neck. You need, and I thought this was helping me because I was re-injuring my head. 
And when you re-enter your neck, you re-enter the brain. Yeah. Each time I was doing that. And he strengthened my neck, and within two months I was doing headstands. And I was back. I felt back in my body. I know. And he, every session he would do some little breath technique. And I want to put a shout-out, mindfulness, yes, breathing deeply, breathing correctly, mm-hmm. breathing with all of the different interesting ways of breathing that feel right for you. For some people, fire breath is great. For some people, you just want to do this spreading the needle down, to the, down deep into your um, lungs. But each one he gave me gave me back a little bit of self-control, gave me back the ability to not be so reactive, gave me strength physically and confidence, gave me joy. It gave me a sweetness back that I had lost in my fear. And so all of these different ways, the mind and the body can be addressed. And I think finding teachers, finding mentors, I write about this a lot. You can do it all, but you can't do it by yourself. You need help. We need help, and it's okay to ask for help. I wasn't raised that it was okay to ask for help. I'm, by God, pioneer spirit, Kansas kind of mentality (laughs) from my parents, you know. And, And so the humility was a gift. The injuries were a gift. I share these gifts, and I, as do you, you know, I'm going to say, I'm sorry I had all these brain injuries, but I'm also going to say I've recovered mostly, but I can identify myself, uh-oh, I'm slipping back, I need to rest more. I need to go for a long mm-hmm. walk without a phone. I need to get off the goddamn, excuse my French, screen. I need to be looking yep. at nature. I need to be breathing deeply. I need to be connecting with loving people and saying, how am I doing? And, how, and letting them say back that, you know, what that is so that I'm not at a knees. So the post-traumatic stress of the psychological part of it and the physical mental part of it and the brain part of it all come together. One last thing I wanted to say, this brilliant therapist I was seeing, he was a social worker who was in a wheelchair because of polio and worked a lot with people. He diagnosed my concussion. Didn't you bump your head? Didn't you bump your head? And I went, no, I didn't. My chiropractor said, of course you bumped your head. You were in a rollover car accident. It was like, oh, right, I forgot. And the other thing um, that he gave me was this level of it's okay to get help, okay to seek. Yeah. If you're not feeling well, if you're not doing well, there's a reason. Don't give up. Yeah. And the not giving up, I think, is a big part of this, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Cynthia, we're just about out of time. So I want to make sure we take a moment to just mention um, your website is CynthiaWall.com. And wherever anyone is listening, there should be a clickable link in the show notes. Um, And your book is called The Courage to Trust. And can we find that book on your website as well? Yes, you can, and you can find it wherever good books are sold, even on Amazon. <laughs> and it was um, reproduced as a CD. It's an, you know, it's book written in 2005, just before I had my major brain injury. And I, what I discuss in there is learning to trust yourself a lot, and it pertains. Um, but it's become a CD, or a um, it's on Audible as well. Audio. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. and audible.com, I think, is how it's done. Maybe they have audio versions, too, out of Blackstone. And then I have other, other you know, voice-related things available on my website. And my sub stack, um, Cynthia Lynn Wall, but unsolicited advice, 
on Substack. I deal a lot with humility and some of the things that I've been through. It's a very personal as well as professionally people to sign up for my podcast and my website. Not my podcast. You do podcasts. Uh, my my <laughs> Substack. Anyway, and I again, Wonderful. I so wish you'd been in my life 50 years ago when I began Aww. to discover all this. You do you do such good work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for being here today, Cynthia. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. It is. Okay, let's not be strangers. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, you can find previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes or Spotify, but you can also find them directly at facesoftbi.com. And again, you can follow me on Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And remember, you're invited to join Amy's TBI Tribe on Facebook. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it for just five bucks at buymeacoffee.com slash Amy Z. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.